Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. I've been a Christian for 49 years now. 49 years. And uh, I've been around a lot of Christian circles, all right? I've been in assembly. I've been in independent Baptist. I've been in Southern Baptist, non-denominational, interdenominational, all kind of Sunday school classes. And, and these, listen, what I mean by don't judge Jonah is don't read these scriptures and, and look at somebody and point your finger and says, I wouldn't be like that. Don't be a modern day Pharisee. And I, I would always be in Sunday school classes, and I would see these modern-day Pharisees that would judge like the story of Jonah, you know? And they're drinking their latte. They got a ring of whipped cream around their mouth. <laughs> and they're saying, you know, and, and these are the guys that they, they, they can't be committed to anything. If you ask them to do something, they, you know, they, they, you know, they say, I got to pray about it. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and, uh, and don't use God to get out of, you know, just say, I can't do it, all right? I remember years ago, uh, probably 15 years ago, our church was young, we're getting started, and we wanted to have a prayer for the city. And it was July 4th, and we're going to do it at the courthouse, and Dina was going to be on the gazebo singing, you know, some patriotic songs and also some worship songs, and and we're going to have a prayer, just unite denominations and non-denominations and all of the body of Christ in the community to come and pray. And I remember Dina asking this lady, this young lady, hey, would you join us that particular day in prayer? And she looked at Dean and says, well, I'll pray about it. And I got to thinking about, wait a second now, that just doesn't seem kosher. So what you're saying is, I'm going to go pray to God about praying to God. And I guess God said no, because she didn't show up. I, I, could you imagine how that conversation went? Lord, they asked me to pray at a prayer meeting, and so should I show up? And he says, no, I don't want you praying to me. <laughs> Listen, don't judge the folks in the Bible. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says this, that we are given these stories for our examples, right? As a warning not to sit back and point fingers and say, you know, I don't do that. I don't smoke and I don't chew and I don't hang with those that do. Not, no, 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 not that. But to learn and be aware that, realize that God asks us sometimes to do some hard things. Do you know that? And you might be looking at somebody's life and judging them saying, why don't they not, you know, follow God on this? Well, maybe under their upbringing and under their influence, it might be difficult what God's asking them to do. So don't judge. Bible, matter of fact, the Bible says, Judge not that you be not judged. And so realize that in life, God will ask us to do some hard things. He asked Moses, right? Moses was a murderer. He murdered an Egyptian. He fled Egypt. And then God tells him through a burning bush, go back to Egypt and tell Pharaoh, you know, we are a wanted man. Go back to Egypt and tell him to let my people go. That's hard. And I believe with Jonah here, if we're all being honest, I know with me, that was like he was going to Nineveh to preach repentance. Those guys skinned people alive, burned people. They were ruthless, brutal, enemy. 
against Israel. And so I would think he's being patriotic saying, I'm not doing that. I believe I would probably follow the same footsteps. Ran 2,300 miles out of the will of God. Because doesn't God say in the New Testament to bless your enemies? How many of y'all doing that every day? Where's my enemies at? Let me tell them something, you're right. You bless your enemies, but how many you know that sometimes you're gritting your teeth when you do it? Huh? Because they're an enemy for a reason. They're an enemy. They've either done you wrong, spoke wrong about you, whatever it might be. But God wants to change us. And God will do some hard things. And the good thing about God, when he tells you to do a hard thing and you fail the test, he always lets you retake it. Isn't that good? He didn't throw throw Jonah over in the prophet pile and say, I can't use you no more. He, He pursues Jonah. Jonah flees 2,300 miles away, heading to Spain, says, I'm getting out of here. And God prepares a storm and has a storm waiting for him. See, God pursues because he loves us. He loves us unconditionally. Do you know that? Do you know you don't have to have all your ducks in a row to come to God? You hear people, that, you know, will say, hey, you need, to, you need to come to church. You need to give your life to Jesus Christ. And I've heard people say, I got to get my life cleaned. I got to get my life right. No, that's what Jesus does. On the cross, he, he's the one that bore your sin and pays your debt. You can't do it. You can't earn it. That's why you can't, you don't wait to get cleaned up. That'll never happen. We're sinners. We've been, we sin and it's by his, his grace we're saved. Not in any works. And so God pursues with his love and he's pursuing you. And maybe you're here today and maybe you have fled, it feels like 2,300 miles out of God's will. But God, you can't outrun God. Did you know that? He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And he prepares a storm for Jonah. You know, people have a hard time when, you know, we think storms all come from the devil, right? Any storm comes along, mountains, you know, be thou removed, cast into the sea, you know. All those things, difficult challenges, sometimes we think it's, it's all from the devil, but sometimes God prepares a storm to get your attention. Amen. He prepared the storm. See, people don't like me preaching like this, you know. He prepared the storm to get Jonah's attention, not to punish him in a way to destroy him, but to change him. How many of you know you and I need to change? How many of you know you and I got stinking thinking? How many of you know our minds need to be transformed and renewed by the Word of God? Amen? How many of you know God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts? And we need to know His thoughts. And we can come to His thoughts as we renew our mind by His Word. And so God is after Jonah. He's pursuing Jonah. He's pursuing us. And, he, and it's not to destroy us. It's to change us. See, and Jonah, we learned last week, was thrown off the ship into God's wrath. The seas, the waves, his wrath. But that wrath is not to destroy. It's to change. And now, listen, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, he says, God chastens whom he loves. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. God scourges, like a father scourges a son, those he loves. So if you go to the spiritual woodshed with God, 
Count it all joy. Why? Because he loves you. He don't want to leave you to your own self. You know what would happen if we left ourselves? If I, if I, did, if I didn't have the Lord, where would I be? Hey, man, where would you be? We wouldn't have a, stand a, foot on, a, a foot to stand on. We'd be so messed up. So he, he doesn't punish to destroy. He, he, he disciplines so that we'll change. Amen? Amen. How many of you know also, because he loves us, he disciplines us. But also, do you know that God is a vine dresser? Tell your neighbors, say vine dresser. Caretaker of a garden. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 15? He says this. He says, I'm the vine. We, you and I, are the branches. And God is the what? Vine dresser. And what does he do? He prunes branches so that we will bear more fruit. What's the fruit? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, amen? That's all the fruit of the Spirit. God will prune you because you have value. You don't prune a dead bush, do you? Huh? So if he's pruning you, it's to change you, it's to improve you, it's to develop you, it's to heal you. Listen, it's to heal you of your mouth, Amen? It's to heal you of having a beef with somebody all the time. It's to heal you from being offended all the time. That is what God is doing. He is pruning Jonah through the storm. He falls into the, the angry waves. But God's protection and love and mercy is there to grasp and protect Jonah into the belly of a what? A great fish. Wow. You know, you get in the belly of a great fish. Listen, it wasn't like sitting at the table with the light on, watching TV with the big screen, all right? He's in the belly of a fish. He's thrown in into a belly of a fish, a dark place, a cramped place. I remember years ago, I used to do AC work, and sometimes in Brenham, we would have the, the duck work would be under the houses. And I remember times of crawling under the houses, and I'd get stuck. It was so tight, I'd get stuck. And boy, if fear hits you. Have you ever been where nothing can move and you can't get out? I mean, they had to take practically a water hose and wash the soil out from under me to get me out. I was stuck. And so fear hits you. Can you imagine being cramped up in a dark place, a smelly place, rotted fish? Huh? It wasn't just, you know peaches and cream. It was, it was tough there. Maybe you're in a dark place. When, when I was under that house stuck, I felt out of control. Maybe you feel out of control. Maybe you don't know what to do. Maybe you don't know what to do with your business. Maybe you don't know what to do with your job. Maybe you not know what to do with your marriage. Maybe you not nothing to do with a health report from a doctor. Maybe you don't know what to do in life and you begin worrying you're in a tight spot, but God is there to protect Jonah. Amen. His love is there to protect us. So in, verse, in chapter 2 today, we're going to read how to get out of that dark spot. 
Verse 1. Then Jonah prayed. About time. <laughs> he didn't pray when he left Nineveh. He didn't pray when he got on that ship. He didn't pray when he was in the storm. Wouldn't you think that would be the time to pray? The pagans were saying, pray. But he didn't pray. It's not until he gets into the belly of the fish. That's the title of this message too here today, by the way, is prayers from the belly of a fish. Maybe that's the season you're in, the belly of a fish. What do we need to do? Pray, pray. You know, James says if you're in trouble, you ought to pray. It doesn't say suggest you should pray. You ought to pray. Jesus says in Luke chapter 18, men ought to pray and not lose heart, not lose hope. How often do you pray? Paul in Thessalonians said, pray without ceasing. Do you pray all the time? Do you pray? I pray in traffic. I pray changing lanes. I pray. <laughs> you know what I mean by that. Amen. And it doesn't have to be a big, long prayer. It can be two words. But that's praying without ceasing. Praying when your boss is cussing you out. Pray whatever. Amen. When do you pray? When your fat gets in the fire? And that's what most people do. You know, there'll be folks, you won't see them for years in a church, and all of a sudden they'll show up. And you know what I'm thinking? They got their fat in the fire. Something's wrong. Because that's the only time they're going, you know, well, let's go to church. you right. You can't use God like that. He's not your spare tire. He's not your ATM machine. He is God. The God. Amen. He's not your bellboy. He's not there when it's convenient. And by the way, church should never just be convenient. Huh? It's not about being, if it's, it's convenient to me, then I'll go to church. No, it should be, I get to go to church because I saw so-and-so healed. I saw Brady healed by a snake, snake bit, snake bite. That means that he's not a respecter of persons. God can heal me. You see what I'm saying? Testimonies in the church. So God, pray, he, Jonah prays. This is, why, this is how he gets out of the belly of the fish. Let's look at this prayer. And Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly and said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. Now this word in Hebrew, this first time it says cried, it talks about him specifically praying to God, not the man upstairs, right? Praying to God, Jehovah, right? There was a time I was sick, had walking pneumonia, laying on the laying on the bed. Nothing, doctors couldn't do anything. So I prayed to God and, 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 and God said to me, he says, who, who, do you, who do you think I am? Who do you say that I am? And I said, well, you're my Lord. You're my God. He says, yeah, but who I am, do, what do you need right now? I said, I need healing. Then you are Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. See, if you seek him, he, he will reward you diligently. If you seek him, as his name. And so he's seeking God, Yahweh, Yah, the great I am. I am that I am, he told Moses. That is how Jonah is seeking God. With this word, this Hebrew word, cry, he's specifically praying to God. He's not going to people in the know. Can you help me with my problem? He's going to God. 
This is how we should pray, folks. Out of the belly, Sheol, I cried. That's hell. That's a nothing grows there. Dead place, dead. He says, I cried. Here's the, here's the second time he says he cries. And this in Hebrew means to holler. Be loud. Shout. See, sometimes we want to be so dignified. Huh? The frozen chosen. We don't want to, you know, can't mess up my Maybelline. Can't get any tears going, right? That, that we're trying to be so dignified. We're not hungry enough, not desperate enough to get God's attention. Blind Bartimaeus is on the side of the road. There's a Jesus parade going down the road one day. And blind Bartimaeus goes, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The people around Bartimaeus said, hey, Bart, shut it up. <laughs> this is Jesus here. Quit bothering him. But you know what he did? He cried out even louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. The parade stopped. How many of you want God to stop? It says, bring him to me. And Bartimaeus threw off his cloak. He walked up to Jesus, and Jesus says, what do you want? He says, and you would think that was obvious what he wanted. They had to lead him. He says, I might be able to see. He goes, because of your faith, let it be done unto you. Folks, sometimes I think we just don't get desperate enough, hungry enough. Amen? Listen, you drive all the way across town to go eat a good meal somewhere, but some people won't feed their soul because they think church is too far to go. Too far to travel. Amen. He says, and when he cried out, he says, you heard my voice. Jesus didn't hear Bartimaeus the first time, but he heard him the second time. Verse 3, for you cast me, who does? See, people don't like this kind of preaching. Because they either want to blame it all on the devil, right? Not themselves. Certainly not ourselves. Huh? I don't reap what I sow. <laughs> he says, you cast me into deep, God, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surround me, all your bellows, your waves. This speaks of God's sovereignty. God is sovereign. He spoke and a storm came. He prepared a storm. He prepared a fish. God is sovereign over everything. Why would you not pray? When you're praying, you're asking God to intervene into your life. Amen. And your floods surround me. All your bills, your waves pass over me. Verse 4, then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. That's what... That's what Jonah said. That's not what God said. Because you're not cast out of God's sight. Jonah felt like that. But God says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Amen. Amen. Yet I will look again towards your holy temple. I'm going to church. When I get my fat out of this fire, I'm going back to the church. And that's where we should be, folks. We should be going to church. 
You know, it's not something we just check off and do on Sundays. It's who we are. We are the church. We are his body. He's the head. We should be using our gifts and coming in in one accord in unity and helping one another. So we can get our marching orders and go back out there in a world that's dying. If you don't get your tank filled up here, you're certainly not going to get it filled up during the week with the world. And the world's going to not want nothing to do with you. If you walk up to him and go, hey, you don't want to hear about Jesus, do you? Good, I'm glad you didn't because I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> that's how, you know, people look at the church. There's no, we're to have power. Yes, that's right. We ought to be happy. We win. At the end. Hallelujah. I will look to your holy temple. The waters surround me, even to my soul. Not just physically this is happening, but emotionally. Have you been in a dark place where it got so dark that you just couldn't think right? Huh? How about your soul? Has it ever felt like it's been stretched? Huh? Tired? The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. And let me just say this too. I read some commentaries of stuff sometimes in different translations and stuff. And some of these commentaries, guys, realize they're commentaries. They're like, how can a fish, would would a whale have a big enough throat to swallow such a man? I'm like, God could have prepared a goldfish. To swallow him. Quit trying to naturalize a supernatural God, all right? Quit using your natural brain, your intellect to, to naturalize a supernatural God. If he wanted to use a goldfish or a guppy, he could have swallowed Jonah with such. Amen. He says, I went down to the morns of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Now catch this. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. Let's read that again. I went down to the morns of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit Oh, Lord, my God. You're missing it. You're missing it. Where's he at? He's in the belly of a fish. But what is he saying? You have brought me out of the pit. (laughs) He's praising God before it's even happened. Huh? He's calling those things that be not as though they are. Amen. See, that's what you got to do in your life is that you got to praise God before the bill is even paid. Amen. Anybody can praise God after the bill's paid, but before the bill's paid, you say, Lord, I thank you, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Amen. Amen. Before you, you know, anybody can praise God after the good doctor report, but what about before? You're Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. He is in the belly of a well, and yet he is praising God like it's a done deal. And that's what faith is. Amen. You got, he saw, he's praising like, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said to, 
King Nebuchadnezzar, he says, we will not bow because our Lord will deliver us. You got to act like God's delivered you before it's even happened, before it's even a reality in your life. <laughs> Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich. Look what the Lord has done for me. Amen. That gets the attention of the Lord. See, the devil don't want you praying. We can come to the throne room of the, uh, God the, boldly. The throne of grace, boldly in our time of need. But the devil don't want you doing that. You can do it before you pray without ceasing. Pray them in the good times, right? Let the good times roll. Amen? Pray them in the good times. Not just when you're in trouble. You brought me up out of the pit. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. See, that's where you want that. When you're praying to God, he hears your prayers. And this is the confidence that we have. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Thank you, Lord, that you hear us. And we have what we desire. What we prayed for. It's when you pray and you're asking God to intervene. He has the answer to your need. He has the answer to the dark place that you're in. He has the answer to the season of fish. He has the answer right in the belly of this fish for Jonah. And verse 8 says, Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. You know what he's saying there? He's saying, people that put their business first, their job first, their money first, their children first, relationships first, before God, before God, the one that provided all that to them in the first place, right? When people put their resources before the source, huh? And making an idol, he's the one that's giving it to you. You forsake God's mercy. Then it say somewhere, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, right? What's your priority? Seeking God first. Seeking the king and the kingdom of the kingdom. Seeking his right ways of doing things. And then all these things, the resources, <laughs> they'll be added to you when you make the source first. See, what you value, that's what you make priority. What are you seeking first? Huh? Verse 9. But I will sacrifice to you with a voice of complaining. Huh? Didn't it say that? It says, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, let your complaints be made known to God. Huh? They are our own, aren't y'all? Can't pull it over on y'all. I will. See, some of us need to quit complaining and start thanking God. Huh? When you complain, that's doubt. You're thinking God can't deal with your situation. There's a lack of trust. 
but we are thankful before the reality even hits, before the money even hits your bank, eh? And you believe he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Before the even doctor's test even comes back, you say, he's Jehovah Rapha, my healer. You're thankful. You're trusting. It's not just a thing we do at Thanksgiving. We're to be thankful always. And everything gives thanks, for this is the will of God. You want to do God's will? Be thankful. Oh, pastor, can you give me the seven steps to God's will? Be thankful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you give me a book? Yeah. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to prove what is the perfect, complete, and acceptable will of God. Amen. You want to know God's will? Transform your mind. You want to know God's will? Be thankful. Shut this up. See, some of you are losing your blessing. You and I are losing our blessing through our mouth. Some of us dig our own grave with this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those that love it shall eat of its fruit. What are you speaking of your life? What are you speaking about God? Are you complaining? Yeah, you got to know somebody with money before you can have money. You ever heard that before? You do know somebody. He owns the earth in the fullness of it. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. He's Jehovah Rapha, the healer. He's Jehovah Yahweh, right? Yahweh. El Shaddai. He's more than enough. Amen. And look at this. After he says Thanksgiving, he says, I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. You know what he's saying there? What I have vowed before, I'm not doing it. But right now, I repent. See, it's not saying, prayer's not just saying, I'm sorry. I got caught. Little Johnny got his hand caught in a cookie jar. Right? He says he's sorry. But he's not going to change. Next time you turn your back, he's going to put his hand back in that cookie jar. He's just sorry he got caught. It's when you repent and say, what I vowed, I'm going to do now. And what happens after that? The Lord commands the fish to vomit him on, not wet land, not in the water, on dry land. The Lord gave a word to a fish and delivered Jonah. See, your deliverance will come by a word. You just need a word from God. You just need a word from God, amen? He sent his word and he healed them, amen? You got to be like the centurion. The centurion says, my servant is sick. And Jesus says, I will come and heal him. He says, no, I'm not worthy for you coming to my house. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed, amen? You just need a, a word from God here this morning, amen? You've been in a dark place. God is, listen, he might be pruning you. He might be disciplining you, but he's changing you from faith to faith, glory to glory, amen? And that's a good place to be, right? You can't at all joy when you fall into trials and temptations, knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces patience. I'm a lot more patient. I'm a lot more steady than I was 20 years ago. 
Praise God. Not boasting me, myself, but God who has changed me with some spiritual weapons. Amen. Changed me. Amen. So what you get out of this all today is to be obedient. Jonah wouldn't been in the, well, wells, the, the fish's belly if he obeyed. You and I need to obey God. Sometimes I think folks don't want to obey God because they want an explanation. Why? They want to know the whys. God's not here to explain himself to you and I. God's not interested in appealing to your intellect. He's interested in you obeying. Call me old school. But my mother and dad used to tell me as a kid, go vacuum the den. And I knew if I ever said why, this statement, particular statement would follow because I said so. They didn't give me, well, we got guests coming over here and we want the place to be clean. No. Just obey. Just obey. God's the same way. Just obey. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My perspective is divine. Your perspective is limited. You see to the corner, I can see around the corner. See, God is not interested in appealing to your intellect. Coming down because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He said, well, let me explain myself to you. Just do it. And he'll do it in steps. Amen. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.